Alright, so I'm back again for another one, and I'm here tonight with Drew. What's up, man? I'm excited about this because you've been teasing, allowing me to be on one of your shows. And you know, and y'all notice I said one of his shows. And so when you have a multifaceted multimedia producer such as yourself, it's the little people like me who get pushed to the back of the line. What do you like on episode 200? And then you decide to go ahead and let the little people show up. I'm glad to be here. If y'all can see, I'm excited about, or as y'all can hear, I don't know if I'll make the video cut. It might not be big enough. Oh man. It's gonna be, it's gonna be like this the whole time. So pull yourself together. <laughs> too, too much, too much, too much. Okay. I gotta get my full Aries on to keep up with this. I can see already. I gotta, I gotta be. Uh, okay, man. So uh, for your information, uh, the reason why it's been taking so long is I'm trying to, you know, pull up to your standards and quality of production. When I even thought about starting this journey, the person that I called and tried to connect with and you were gracious enough to accept my phone calls and to counsel me on the ins and out of this whole podcasting thing. And I was going to say before our other conversation, but officially, you know, just thank you so much for your time and for your insight and things like that. Cause I know you're, you're a busy man. You got family, you got your, your businesses and stuff that you're doing and, um, blessed that I came across you and your information you gave and suggestions and insight and stuff like that really was the last thing that I really needed to go ahead and, and push forward with, with even doing a podcast or anything like that in the first place. Cause I'm a person that likes staying in the background, like to hide out, don't like to speak yeah. in public and stuff like that. I just like to create, put stuff out and hide. And so yeah. this was definitely a different kind of um, place for me, but I had it in my heart to do it. And with everything going on in the world and everything seemed like it could possibly end, I figured, you know, why not go for it and take my chances. And if it doesn't work out, it'll all be over before. <laughs> Yeah, like what did it cost you? You right. know, like, yeah. Right, right. It all be over I mean, before anybody listens to it, anyways. And I have another way to express myself, which I am deeply grateful for. Yeah. Well, I definitely accept that uh, very humbling and gracious uh, thank you. I, I can't think of the right word right now. I've got a little bit of COVID brain. You know, where you just you're thinking it. You know what you want to say, and then you say like the most elementary word you can think of. <laughs> But yeah, man, like I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? I get what it's like to just have a have a vision, have a thought, and you have a voice and you gotta use it. You know, and I and I'm very proud of, of what you're doing and uh to use your voice. So else I wouldn't be here. Um, there are some people that I have helped out and I am not proud of what they do. Uh, but wow. you, I am very proud of. But that's business. You know, they cut the check. I ain't gotta be proud of it. I gotta get the check cleared. I'm proud that the check cleared. For sure, I'm gonna have you on this show again and my other shows. I got a lot of stuff I wanna cover with you, so I gotta get it right in my head on how to make that happen the right way. But believe me, I have not forgot about you, man. All right, tonight, what we're gonna do, we're gonna get onto this, this new Doctor Strange movie. All right, so let's do it like this. I'll start off with a little synopsis. Okay, so okay. Doctor Strange teams up with a mysterious teenager girl from his dreams who can travel First across of all. That sentence, if you just stop it the way you did, is not okay for him. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, a, I'm gonna let you do your thing. Not okay for him. Read the first few lines, right? Read, read that again. Doctor just... Strange teams up with a mysterious teenager girl. Yeah, right there. Not a good look. But go ahead. Keep going. 
<laughs> from I'm, his dreams who can exactly across multiverse but <laughs> keep going i'm sorry somebody out there is gonna get it and you're 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 in work mode and i'm playing too much let me stop keep going oh. <laughs> i'm playing too much and you are being serious and i, I need it. to stop i need to stop and here let me <laughs> let me tuck in my chain and get no, professional you, no that's, that's cool that's funny <laughs> okay okay i get it i'm sorry that is suspect though good call okay yeah. what's the better way to put this okay so Doctor Strange having dreams that he finds out are real. He's trying to figure out what's going on. He realizes that his dreams are part of an actual multiverse and chaos ensues. Let's do it like that. And he goes to seek help from Wanda, the Scarlet Witch. You know, a friend from a past, a face from the past that knows a little bit something about other realms and magic and things like that. Okay. So even though this is technically the second Doctor Strange movie, they're kind of Marvel's starting to get notorious for doing things like this, where it might have one person's name on the title, but it encompasses a whole bunch of other stuff, stories, characters, and everything else. And sometimes if it's not done correctly, the main character could become a visitor in their own project. Yeah. I have to note that on this one that it was directed by Sam Raimi, which I, I love his work. He um, does the evil dead stuff. He did the first three Spider-Man Spider movies. Spider-Man. Yep. And even though people gave the third one a hard time, and I have to admit, I even didn't care for the third one. As time has passed, I have a different kind of appreciation for it. And then also knowing all the stuff he had to go through to get through that third one, it's a miracle that it came out as good as it did. And so, yeah. and so it's interesting how um, studios and things like that can play a big part, good and bad, and projects that people are working on. But my thing for him was always like, if you did that first one, which was great, and then that second one that was brilliant, why say anything about the third one? Let the man, he's obviously a good driver. Obviously he got the bus to two stops. Let him take him home. Let him take yeah. the character home. Did you know that, it's just an odd fact about him. Did you know he puts, I think it's a 1976. Yes. Yeah, like was it a Delta 88, like a yeah. tan Delta in every movie? Yeah. Like that must have been his first car or something. I don't know what the story is behind it, but I believe I so. thought that was interesting. It was in this movie when they were flipping through those worlds, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the same Crazy. car that Uncle Ben drove in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Yeah, he always had that car in his movies and also had Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yeah. That's his other good luck charm. That's what I want. I want to find a friend who just is like, hey, I have to put you in every movie from here on out. That would just be the best. I would ride high off that. Yeah, I'd be a distraction. Right. <laughs> I'd be a distraction. He looks familiar. <laughs> yeah. No, so let me ask you something. I, I noticed you said, that you said he's like a visitor in his own movie. I think that's very interesting because I really, when you said that to me, uh, when you text that, I was like, huh. I kind of agree. Mm -hmm. I have an opinion. Before I share mine, I want you to just like, how did you come to terms with that after watching? Okay, so the reason why I got that is because even though it started off, it had an interesting opener and everything. And then, uh, and by the way, this is just an open discussion, spoiler discussion. So assuming that everybody saw the movie before, and if you haven't seen the movie before and you're all okay. right with knowing some stuff, then you're good to go. If not, check it out, then come back and listen to this. And so I will say, even though it started off with him strong and they introduced the character of America and he has his dream and he wakes up and he goes to the wedding and then and the girl from his dream is fighting this creature and all this kind of stuff. This movie just seemed like 
he was just there and stuff was happening to him. He had no control over the situation. Even in the beginning, when it showed him pulling himself together, getting dressed, he's getting dressed for somebody else's marriage. You know, it was just fighting somebody else's situation to help out the girl, fighting a monster that he didn't create. And even, and this is, you know, I'm skipping to the end just to clear up my point, is that even at the end, he didn't even have his own battle with the villain. Yeah. He even sacrificed that he wasn't really the main character he was there in name but it was somebody else's story it was just as much wanda's and america's story than it was dr strange as far as i was concerned yeah i feel like it was a hundred percent wanda story sometimes like when i was really thinking about it i was just like yo like this was like part two to the disney plus wandavision series so if you you know if you made it this far you've already been spoiled you can't watch this movie without prior knowledge of WandaVision. Yeah, like if you took it, like, cause you know, it was a lot of people was like, they stopped watching WandaVision after the first two episodes. They didn't know what was going on and they got angry. Right. And I would suggest you go back, you know, because you have no clue. I do feel like this, I think it's a bit thin of a premise of her being so dead set and so angry and wanting her children I think that's kind of thin. I know that's, I mean, I understand a mother's love is deep, you know, and, I, and all those things, but I also just feel like, you know, any other time it just feels like she would have like actually just already went to another one of those universes and right. just took over someone else's, you know, killed another Wanda and did her thing, you know, but I agree with you as I watched it and I watch a lot of movies, I realized this is a weak character but a necessary character for the Marvel canon. Right. So when you have a character who's a part of, you know, like the origin stories and, and was a success for Marvel, you know, in a space when Marvel was starting to have to refigure its market, Doctor Strange kind of came in and gave them that boomer generation who was starting to like it was one of the first hey this is really for you adults mm-hmm. and this is really for you adults who may have tripped on acid or you are who believe in conspiracy theories right and so to introduce that multiverse of madness to a stranger uh to a character like dr strange who uh who really is always this character who the situation's bigger than him yeah but somehow he pulls out this ability to win not because of anything special about him mm-hmm. but because of magic yeah. you know and magic is, and so it was it was chaotic so i agree with you in that regard that it's like he was we were just witnessing a money grab yeah. by disney yeah um i got some opinions about that that you know and then there's you know i think them just setting us up for the future and just using what could have been a throwaway movie like a hulk movie is always considered a throwaway movie and this doctor strange could have been a throwaway and instead they gave us a setup they use it as a setup yeah because the crazy thing is that first movie is hard to pull off and i think they really found something because it's hard to find you know the tone for different things like thor because the whole shakespearean kind of thing that didn't really work because it's almost too serious and then it came off kind of funny so when they had taika watiti do that third one it really kind of shook things up it's like okay this is the way to play this you know and then even with captain america that could have went so bad especially when you have a a character in modern times and he's a boy scout 
compared to the kind of world we have, you know, that could go bad really quick. That's why they can't even figure out Superman. Mm. But they figured it out for Captain America, where he could yeah. be that person, have that heart, have that light and want to be for people without letting that world knock him off his block as far as, you know, his purpose. And so even when they did the same thing with Captain America, his movie, when they did Captain America Civil War, that still was about Captain America. Matter yeah. of fact, to the and it was like everybody fell in line behind him. Even though yeah. there was a whole bunch of people in there, he played such a big part in it. It was his or Tony's it, side. It gave us the foundation from a cinematic universe point yeah. of view. It gave us our foundation for Black Panther. But yes. you don't view that as Black Panther canon. Right. You know, right. like you don't go back and say, well, in order to to say I'm a real Black Panther fan, I have Civil War here. I got to watch that first, then Black Panther. Right. You know. Like maybe some of us would do that before Black Panther 2 comes out later on in the fall. But, yeah. but you know, like, I kind of feel like you're right. Like everyone's movies are typically about them in some sort of way. But like, as soon as I saw America Chavez's character come in, I was a little bit surprised that they chose, like, you know, there's spoilers and they always to show you trailers and there's trailer breakdown. So I kind of knew that that's who it was, but I was kind of hoping to some extent and it made sense for what her powers are. Right. But I kind of was hoping that it would be a different character. Yes. Just because I'm going to sound like a comic skate guy. And I promise you, <laughs> I am not draped in like toxic patriarchal points of views and on things. But it feels like when you take a character like America, mm -hmm. who's an LGBTQIA plus character and who's a Latin character, sometimes you want those characters to be developed and uh, you don't want them to be a guest in a movie like this. Yeah. You want some origin, you want some real backstory, you want their natural, their native, you know, like language to be spoken more frequently. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to be more authentically her movie. I get it. Everyone kind of gets introduced, but I kind of feel like I would have preferred to have her to have her own show for us to introduce her in instead of this. I was thinking the same thing, like she would be better on Disney Plus. That would be a Disney Plus show to kind of work that out because it almost seemed like she would be somebody who'd be running around with Kamala Khan, you know, or something like that with yeah. Miss Marvel, something like that. Because yeah. even her punching into portals that are shaped like a star and her got the jacket, the jean jacket on and stuff. It's just kind of like put her on a TV show to, to kind of vet her out. And the thing about it is, is that I'm kind of like, if you're going to do it like that, to me, to be honest, I feel that they try to sneak us an America Chavez movie and they knew if they put her name on the title, it wouldn't have worked. People wouldn't have went to go see it. So they well, no one knows who she is. Right, exactly. Yeah, and yeah so, it is so strictly throw, a comic, yeah. Yeah, so they throw Dr. Strange's name in there and make him a visitor because that whole story was her story, her and Wanda. Well, it was really, yeah, primarily Wanda and I feel like she was also... But what her power set is definitely a visitor. And it's almost like when you watched Captain Marvel, mm -hmm. you almost got this feeling like you know that Monica Rambeau character is gonna come along and be a better one. So I think for me, I agree like America Chavez, the character is kind of like, there's all these different talking points around this character. And so like to not take the time to break the character down, it's a disservice. Now, eventually they will, and so I get putting her in there. It's sort of like, it's like the example I gave earlier. Black Panther really outshines everybody in Civil War in the battle scene. Like you're kind of intrigued by this and he gets this small backstory. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of what they did with America. And considering like she's going to what I would call like Strange Academy, I, I forgot the official name for it, but 
since she's going to get training, that we'll be able to see a more controlled, she'll be able to take her powers and be able to, you know, intentionally use them. But, you know, but there's other examples like Captain Marvel, but it's like, you understand it like, ooh, she's gonna be a more powerful Captain Marvel. The little girl's Monica, I forgot her mom's name, but so then we see in this movie where the mom gets a chance to, what is her name? I keep saying Monica, but it's not Monica Rambeau, it's- uh, Maria. Maria, thank you, thank you. The mom's name is Maria. And quick little note about me. I actually don't know comic books. Um, oh. You would not know that. I never read a comic book uh, until 2007, late 2017, oh, not wow. one. Oh, wow. So a lot of this is just research from a documentary. No, that just got, it got out of hand. But the thing about <laughs> it is there's nothing wrong with that because really yeah. I find that sometimes when discussing these kind of movies and stuff, and then you get the, the back and forth arguments about this isn't, this isn't how it is in the comic, this isn't how it is on blah, blah, blah. And really the truth is, if you're dealing with whatever medium you're dealing with, that's all you really have. All the extra stuff is just extra stuff you wanna use because a lot of times it's changed or compromised anyway. So. It helps me enjoy it a lot better. Yeah. Like, and I know, I'm gonna get back to the point that I was making, I'm sorry, but like, I enjoy these superhero movies, not fully knowing all the origin stories. Now, if you're looking at, at, at my wall back here, like if you've ever seen me on something, a picture of uh, me on social media or anything, I live in like my office, there's three walls of like black comic books. It's beautiful. And I know some backstories, but I don't know all of them. So like when it comes to like, especially, so I got America Chavez's first books and stuff. Like I do know her back, so I know a few. Yeah. But how it plays into watching these movies and enjoying them, like I'm never gonna go back and read old uh, X-Men comics with Wanda's backstory. I'm right. not gonna read those Doctor Stranges from the 70s right. uh, or the early 80s. You know, like it's not, uh, that's just not me. Especially when they're going to change it anyway. It's not going to be for yeah. word for word, or they're going to change, or they're going to connect, make somebody related, or some kind of mess. They're going to tie it in because they're not dealing with their full deck of cards, you know? Like Civil War, for example. Those are not all the characters that was in the actual Civil War comic, yeah. you know? But they had to use what they had. So they kind of pulled the few that they had and built their team with that. And it worked fine. It, was it did. Yeah, because this movie does mark something very important. And I promised I'll finish that point, but this I am gonna go back to that point, but this movie marks something really important. This is the first time that they are playing with the full deck and they gave us something from the full deck, right? Mm -hmm. This is the first time we've got the X-Men in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, you know? Yeah. The only thing I didn't see in this universe was something from Sony. Like I didn't see, and I could, it could be some in there, but I didn't see yeah. any of the uh, Spider-Man villains or characters kind of crossover, but we just saw from the last Spider-Man mm -hmm. where Doctor Strange was in there. So right. it all ties in really well. This is one of the first times you felt like, oh my God, every last single one mm -hmm. of the universes are about, like you really get excited. To when I saw Professor X come out, yeah. And uh, was the Black Bolt from Inhumans? That was a crazy pull because not only did they use the same actor as the one that was in the TV show that was horrible, mm -hmm. they redeemed him. What? And gave, his, gave his costume, fixed his Hold costume on. stuff. The TV show was not horrible, sir. The TV show just didn't get a good chance. That's all it was. That TV show was on par with any other, maybe not the stuff they're doing on Disney Plus right now, but that show was 
on par with any other TV show. You know what, man? I'm not going to ruin this episode with arguing with you <laughs> about this. We're going to come back we, to that. Are you we serious? Can, <laughs> we can agree on this one thing, though. <laughs> and this is super spoiler. His death was one of the most horrific. Oh, yeah. Me, like, mentally, I got you thinking about that. And I was like, yeah. not only was it horrific, it ruins him for the MCU forever. Because we now know how you can kill him. Yeah. Like, no matter whichever one. So, yeah, that's 838's, you know, Black Bolt. Yeah, he gone. Yeah, everybody else, we know how to get rid of him. And it just, it ruins him, that character for you. But it was just, her, I don't know if you want to talk about the details of it, but it was. No, go ahead. But it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, just the idea of just like, okay, I'll just shut your mouth and make you say something inside your mouth. And it's going to blow your brains out. Like they literally showed his eyes bulge yeah. and blood come out his nose and then his, his head, head cave in, cave in and his brains just kind of come out of his ears. It's like, yeah. so let's talk about this scene. And, and it goes back to the point I was making about Maria Rambo shows up in here, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the Illuminati comes out. Yeah. Now Illuminati exists in the 616 world, you know, like in the comics there's a 616 Illuminati, which all of them are in it. Uh, as you know, like they explained in the movie, Doctor Strange is typically in it. Tony Stark put it together, actually. Namor. When you, yeah, Namor is in it. Uh, it's a lot of people. Black Panther, he's invited, but he's almost like Batman. Like, it's just too much power in one spot. You know? Yeah, they had their, like, first meeting in Wakanda. So, like, yeah. it's it's considered its origins are there. I was writing down, because I have a few of the books. Mm -hmm. Yellow Jacket, Mr. Fantastic, mm -hmm. Doc Green, uh, Captain Britain, um black panther black bolt neymar professor x beast uh medusa iron man dr strange i know it's like one or two more yeah it's such a great thing when you have something i remember kevin feige said that it's gonna be a movie coming such a great potential with this group yeah. and then to so we're thinking like oh they're the ultimate of the ultimate team right right and then they come out and wanda just murks them yeah so easy and i mean like it wasn't even like a long drawn out fight scene yeah to be honest even though she did tear them all up pretty quickly and i know that was just because it's kind of like beat the biggest guy in the room to prove that you know how tough you are because you can fight a room full of small guys but if you go knock out the biggest one then everybody else knows not to mess with you and so all those i could kind of forgive except for like professor x like how are you gonna take out the professor like that was crazy yeah. to me so, and this is the third time we've had to see that version of professor x die <laughs> but and you know what's funny he used the line from days future past everyone can change or whatever line that he right. used he gave wolverine at the end of the movie right. or he gave logan at the end of the movie and then he turns around and he uses the same line with the you know for dr strange and it's like they really are about to tie together these universes, which is just sheer genius. I would be so excited if they found a way to really explain and tie in those X-Men movies. Yeah. Which I know we're got to talk about Doctor Strange, but let me ask you, mm -hmm. are you one of the millions of people that are haters of the X-Men movies? No, to be honest, oh. that's the first time I really saw those kind of movies. Those were some of the first ones, especially with the team up and stuff like that. Before that, people were even comfortable with seeing, 
one superheroes with like you know like it's almost kind of like once we went to batman and blade and all that kind of stuff and the crow and all that trying to have colors in your costumes and stuff being light those days were kind of over it's almost kind of like you know if you did anything that was kind of comic book accurate it would be a problem so they did the best they could with what they had the director tried to pick characters that kind of made sense even though it was still fanciful it was still kind of based on reality for the most part at least that's what he told himself as far as like the, even the characters he had in them those movies even seeing them now the first one's a little bit rough but I just loved all the things that it did it, it was hard to pull off and he pulled it off he made it kind of realistic he, he you know he worked it out the second one was even better special effects were better the story's a little bit tighter with Logan trying to figure out who he is and stuff like that they kind of flushed out the characters flushed out the school they introduced some characters that they touched on for a minute and then they you know they were kind of like like Colossus that's like one of my favorite characters so to see him in a movie that was a big deal even though he did something yeah. as simple as saving a girl in the mansion when they were being attacked so even that for me was like a big deal so a lot of times the characters I saw as a kid in comic books and then also drawing and things like that to see that in a real life interpretation I think the thing I really noticed about that first X-Men movie was Wolverine was too tall but Hugh Jackman yeah. did such a great job I forgot about that but yeah when I first saw it I was thinking yeah. like wait a minute you know he's a he's a little guy he's like four foot something what it's he... part of the character it's exactly. part of the original yeah, characters that he right. should have right this this small man's complex right. you know right. like i forgot yeah. that so quickly i forgot that so quickly they even pulled off his hairstyle yeah. that's a crazy hairstyle and wolverine had that hairstyle it, it was it was cool like, like yeah. i said that, that was sort of a miracle that was a yeah we could look back so, on and judge it but it was brilliant for the first time it was and i think that ties in with like you know, like when they, the the stage of the MCU that we're in now, mm -hmm. I think that they're going to be people going to look back at this first that first generation. They're going to be like, oh, the idea of Endgame and Infinity War is just, ah, oh, it's the worst. You know, like there's going to be a generation of people going to think that our mm -hmm. this first generation was trash. And I think when I watched Wanda kind of like shred through them like that, yeah, I felt like that it was symbolism for what's to come like the idea that that's like, funny. Hey, like your old heroes are you you've seen nothing you you know and it and it, it has to be that because if wanda's working with power like that yeah that she can even if it's a uh earth 838 version of those heroes reed richards you talk about it probably literally broke the heart of so many of like your older white you know comic book people who started off like that's their man that's their yeah. the perfect person right he got literally shredded into like ribbons and then she exploded his head and it's crazy considering all the times and all the attempts they tried to make a decent fantastic four movie and it never happened and then the first time you get this kind of like the fans wanted this actor to be the future mr fantastic and then he's just taking out that easy and what you touched on kind of turns into another and a bigger conversation. You know, since we're talking, I'll go ahead and say it to you, but yeah, what you got? I think it's very interesting. Instead of letting the characters that we kind of grew in love to leave out on their own terms, they're just kind of systematically kind of getting plucked and replaced. And then we're looking up with a whole new lineup of familiar stranger characters where we recognize yeah. the powers and the suits, but we don't recognize the faces and the personalities behind them. I know what they're trying to do. I know why they're doing it. And I'm sure there's other intentions too could be mixed in there as well. But I think it's interesting how if that was a meal, it'd be equivalent to 
you go into McDonald's. McDonald's is about to go out of business, but they want to tell you. And so instead of telling you, they'll give you this burger and the patty is made by Burger King. And it looks like your McDonald's burger, but it doesn't taste quite right because it's different. But they'll be like, well, it's coming from McDonald's and have our buns. But when you're tasting it, you know it's not that. Yeah. Now, would the person who went for a McDonald's burger be wrong for saying, hey, this isn't my burger? Now, you're saying yeah. it's my burger. You're saying it's called the same thing, but it's obviously something different. And my tastes are for what I had originally. Yeah. And, and I think it's, you know, uh, and this is coming <laughs> from an entrepreneur standpoint and from, you know, like you being a minority too. If the McDonald's goes out of business, it's time. You know, like, and if they're starting to sell the burgers that are more like Burger King, you know it is. It's probably because people like those burgers better and people want this. And for a long time, I kind of resisted. And I still do, especially as a like a filmmaker myself, uh, minority grabs where they just kind of like they throw a character out there and they put all these titles on the character. Mm -hmm. And just so they can get all these groups into the movie theater to support it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can feel like, ooh, like that's that's bad. But if you don't do it, if you don't pull the Band-Aid off, we're going to have the same characters forever. And there's a limitation, especially when there's like I, I go to comic book shops and there's six different Batmans out right now. Right. One of them's black, yeah. you know, like. Mm -hmm. And then there's six different Spider-Mans, mm -hmm. you know, like, and it's all these different, cause you know, I like, so to bring, to start bringing some of those to the screen and seeing which ones will work, I'm for, and then I'm always gonna be for characters that champion what the next generation looks like. I don't know what people's politics or however they are, their religion or what their personal feelings are. I have children and I have, friends and family and a lot of youth that I work with that I, I have nonprofit that I, I work with that are uh, identifying the LGBTQIA community. So when I see an American uh, Chavez character, I'm okay with that because it's, it's more than time mm -hmm. to start bringing in characters who look like the kids of today. Mm -hmm. If you like looked on her jacket, you can see it says love means, it says it in Spanish, but it says, you know, love, love is love. Mm -hmm. You see the pendant. And then they show that she had two mothers mm -hmm. uh, who actually sacrificed themselves. But the movie kind of makes it makes you feel like it's this false hope. So maybe they'll give her a mother in the cinematic, you know, mm -hmm. they'll give her mothers back. But, you know, when I see characters like that, I'm like, OK, great. But what I don't like is when you like, I love the idea of like Maria Matt Rambo and 616. She's the one who got the power. Mm -hmm. Cool. We're clearly on 616. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What I don't like is, and I hate to say it. Oh, I hate to say it because I love his brother, but I don't like uh, Anthony Mackie. I don't like the Falcon being Captain America. I like the Falcon being the Falcon. No, I agree. And so I'm not saying that I don't want to see characters that look like me. I'm saying like I want original characters. Like yeah. I, don't I don't want these rebranded you know, give you the name, but it's a whole different person. And I'm supposed to just be like, it's okay. So when they do the switcheroo thing, I don't necessarily care for that. It's like, okay, as much as I love Batman, I don't want a black Batman. I don't want a black Superman. I want yeah. characters that's just as cool as they are on their own. And so I know it's easier that if you put a familiar name, 
that they'll get things through certain doors. But if you're not your own self, then what's the point? Because what's going to make them really dig into making that character something special when they're just wearing the suit that they know everybody's just going to automatically kind of give attention to? Because in the beginning, yeah, you'd be like, oh, it's Superman. And then you start trying to learn about this new person in the suit and you don't like them yeah. or you don't know enough about them to like them. It's kind of like getting by on what's, what they're wearing more so than the person beneath the costume. A lot of stuff we have now, it's been vetted throughout the years. These aren't brand new characters. Like the characters we see now, like Iron Man and Spider-Man, all those characters have been vetted for a long time. And there's many characters in DC and Marvel that's fell to the wayside, who never seen the screen before, never seen the cartoons before, never had their own comic. And if they did, they were short runs and didn't last. And so those went through a process. So the reason why we got the characters that we know today is because they went through a vetting process. And a lot of times that vetting process started off with comic books and things like that. Yeah. Nowadays, kids and stuff ain't really looking at those comic books. These, these characters aren't being vetted. I don't right. Think. Yeah. So you're trying things out, but you're trying things out on the customer who went there. now. Put it like this, if you have stories for new characters and you think they're gonna work, give them their own story, be true to that story and see how that works out. Yeah. Versus oh. tying it on to a winning car and be like, hey, I won cause hitched to the back of the winning car. Yeah, I feel that way. There's a few characters that when we talk about that was introduced in this movie, cause we're still actually, believe it or not, we're really still talking about the Doctor Strange 2 movie because when you see like Captain Britain, right? It's she's her own character it's a legit thing that kind of comes from the what if realm of things right but we also understand that like that's also kind of there is actually a male captain britain too mm -hmm. uh these characters are mantles and you can always like replace and put another person in it dc i think does it masterfully with the uh, lanterns but i also think that they were kind of like cleaning up some stuff like i don't feel like they really showed us there was this whole like now there's so many lanterns yeah. and it's not a big deal but when uh when john stewart was introduced it was like oh wow it's mind-blowing yeah so i think the concept of that like when i'm starting to see all these new characters and i feel like dr strange is the catalyst like it's the movie that says goodbye and welcome to the future yeah and I, there could be a few more that could come out you know but i'm excited to see she-Hulk get her thing, but I think ultimately we also know that just like in the comic book runs, we're going to see the day where Bruce Banner's still around, but he'll be the big ticket. But for right now, okay, She-Hulk has to be the big ticket, and She-Hulk is She-Hulk and not Hulk, where Black Panther has to be Shuri, because that's the way I was it. It was after Hutland's run, or did Hutland? I think Hutland was the one who put Shuri as Black Panther. Black Panther's a mantle. We know other people can like take it on. Thor is the one that's going to confuse some people because this Jane Foster as Thor yeah. feels wrong to make a whole movie and maybe possibly put the whole franchise in Jane Foster Thor's hand. Like I said, they all kind of seem like they're kind of doing that. That's what they did with the new Falcon. And that's the thing, man. Like I said, they just kind of. All right. So what's funny is, OK, so I sent you that. I DM'd you that picture of, yeah. you know, the lineup where it had like the Black Falcon, not Black Falcon, but Falcon as Captain America. <laughs> it had Rhodey, it had Lady Thor, it had um, the new Hawkeye, it had She-Hulk and all that. And it's like, it what, okay, what Marvel is going to need to do or whoever's doing this kind of stuff they need to do. These, a lot of these characters aren't characters that nobody asked for, you know? They just trying to do the, I guess, quote unquote, 
correct or PC thing to switch it up some. But like I said, they're going to have to put something behind it. Because as long as She-Hulk was the woman version of Hulk, it never did good in the comics, you know? When they decided to make her a lawyer and she has these other kind of struggles that she figured out herself, gave her a different kind of angle, then people started kind of appreciating the comic book run. So as long as it's just like a girl version of this or a black version mm. of this or a gay version of this, yeah. as long as you're doing that, you know, good luck good good yeah. luck because like i said with that lineup that they have or these characters are now if they put that movie out i'm very curious on how that would do like in the box office and that's not hating anything it's like i love seeing you know characters no, and black characters I, and stuff like that but i also don't want okay they talk about doing a black superman movie do the dakota verse I'd rather see Icon before I want to see a black version of Superman on the big screen. Well, I mean, yeah, or do Steel better. Like, give us another Steel because Shaq mm. ruined Steel, which I read, I, you know, listen, when I first started collecting, I brought, I, I was, I went to a 50 cent bin and there was like issues one through 50 of Steel. And I was like, all right, I get them, you know. I don't think I got past the first four or five. Like, I don't like the character of Steel. Yeah. I didn't like the movie that well, but I just thought that was just Shaq and Celebrity calling for them to make a quick script. But there's so much potential with Steel in a modern day era. But yeah, I get, yeah, th this is a pervasive, like this is a big issue because minorities don't want it either or people who find themselves in, in those niche groups as, as society might put it. But then there's this group of like, they're called Comicsgate guys, these older white guys that, that want it to stay that way too. And, and they try to co-opt our words when we say stuff like this, but it's true. We want writers and this is why you need to hire sensitivity readers and you need to like really find people who are like, yo, this is trophy. This isn't real. Like maybe you shouldn't attach this many tropes to this one character. Right. You know? that does make a difference and even though even though we could be like minorities or whatever or black writers and, and whatever we could be guilty of the same thing so we oh, gotta yeah. be careful that we're not running to the same stuff too like you know yeah. it just so happen your character's from a hood and this mm -hmm. this that and the same old stuff and you know their costume has red black and green in it and all this other, you know all the stuff all the stuff yeah first three scripts i tried to write first three scripts i ever wrote it was a key a character named keisha in it I don't understand why it just flew out my but, my mind that way. But I will forgive that because of how many quiches I know. So that's not you know. I do know a fair it, amount of quiches. It, that's yeah. fine, but it's just you know just a handbook of a typical black person, yeah. quote unquote typical black person. But you walking around don't normally see that same person walking around. That's how you know yeah. it's not right. Yeah. How many people yeah. exactly like this do I know? And you'd be thinking like, well, none. So then where did that idea come from? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, for me, it's like these characters, and this is when you start talking fantasy, yeah. which is what comic books are. Right. These people can be anything. They yes. can look like anything. Um, I've always loved that if you ask majority of your older black comic book readers who some of their favorites were, and they're going to say Thing, they're going to say uh, Beast. Mm -hmm. Beast surveys really well amongst like your 40 plus African-American men as being one of the first characters they identified with this super intelligent person who looked different. Mm -hmm. You know, like everything clearly gives us Beast being a white man in origin, yeah. but it's just that once his skin was colored, 
it was just like, boom, you identify. But we were so starved for representation. We would exactly. take any outsider. Any. Any. Anyone. Any outsider. Yeah, yeah but, that's know, how starved we were. Yeah. There's a book behind me right here. It's Lobo. Lobo was the, the black. You talked the black cowboy, right? Black cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Like the concept of two of them got out, and they were like, "Yeah, take these, take this off yeah. the shelf." Mm -hmm. Like the concept that like two of them got out. I want Lobo number one. That's number two, right? Yeah. Lobo number one is gonna cost me four or five hundred dollars. I I just don't like comics that much. You know, yeah. like yeah. not four or five hundred dollars worth. It, it, the hood in me is just like. Mm. <laughs> I'll be thinking of stuff I could buy, uh, you know, out the, every time I think about the concept of buying it. But I'll bring that up just to say, like, that's what it was. This, these issues were pulled off the shelf and told to be burned because they didn't want representation. This was a black comic book character on the cover winning. Yeah. Something that we've seen in comic books, man. And I know we're talking comics and not so much Dr. Strange here, but we're just having a conversation. You know, one of the conversations I, I have with my friend David Walker is a comic book writer. He always hates and you'll see this in my film that, I, that I'm making about him right now is that this conversation behind the covers of when a black hero gets a cover, typically they've got him getting a crap beat out of him. Mm -hmm on 90% of the covers. Yep. And so like, if you look at Cyborg, Cyborg is always getting drugged on the cover. Yep. Unless he's with the rest of the team, then he can be in a dignified back position, mm -hmm. you know, where he's in the back somewhere. And I started paying attention to that. Luke Cage, uh, the one that was the worst, and I think during this whole run, he had like maybe two covers was, uh, oh God, what's the dude that was on the stilts? Was that Black, uh, Black Goliath? which I really felt like putting black in front of Goliath was very unnecessary. Yeah. But, but yeah. black Goliath, I think he had two covers where he wasn't getting whooped. Mm -hmm. And it's like black lightning came along and he was whooping. He was like openly punching and beating up a lot of white people on his covers. Yeah. But he was saying stuff like, take this, you jive sucker. Yeah on the cover and it's like oh, that's just i might i would rather see you getting but yeah. it's created and written by a white guy so it was his interpretation yeah. of it so yeah. he was getting leeway as long as it fell into some kind of stereotype and i'm but, sure he yeah. thought he was doing trying to do the right thing and a good thing but that's the thing like i said we one we need to have control of our image and then two we need to detox and make sure that we are not perpetuating the same things that we're trying to avoid. And that's very hard because now yeah. we have an access and an ability to do stuff. But then a lot of times we're just running into the same, the same roads, which we really is more important to get out of them, but it's going to take awareness and people saying stuff. And then also people being open to, to criticism. So in shifting back to like Dr. Strange too, right? Mm -hmm. It's one, what's the brother who's in Dr. Strange too? Uh, you talking Mordo? Yeah, what is his name in real life? Because he's a brilliant actor. It's uh, uh, Edge of Four. Is it Edge of Four? Is that how you say? That's it? his last name. Yeah. Yeah. He's really great. He's a, um, he was in this independent film back in the day called Black Belt. But he's actually a martial artist and stuff. He, oh, he's, is he? oh yeah, he is. He, he's a brilliant actor. He was in uh, Firefly, playing the um, the main bad guy, but he plays Baron Mordo. He was in Talk to Me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I'm a radio guy. So like I was excited about a Petey Green, you know, and so like he did not let me down in that. Like he was everything in that. But I brought up his character because it was interesting to me. But do you remember the end of Doctor Strange? Mm -hmm. The end trailer made it seem like he was going to be the next big villain. 
because yes. he goes crazy and he's like it's too many yeah. and then we kind of just we actually don't see 616 Mordo in this movie yes Do we? we only actually see 838 Mordo yes and there was a deleted scene that they were just talking about that stated that Wanda was supposed to come across him first and he decapitates okay. him okay so I'm glad that they took that out therefore he's still alive yeah because but, he was but that, he would have been gone because because yeah that was supposed to be the opening scene yes and I think the key thing with that and that tells you right there like that what you were saying that kind of brings us back to what you were saying because like that opening scene was everything because mm -hmm. it opened up one it showed that world that's supposed to be like the in between of all the different timelines mm -hmm. yeah and it was tore up and there yeah. from all the loki time jumping and right. uh all these different things so it shows the chaos win, but also that space being shown and a fight taking place in that really shows us that the possibilities of us going all these different places it gets you excited about the potential movies and shows that could be coming yeah. uh by being even just being in that space so I thought that that was pretty dope to just even expose or show that factor. Yeah. Like I said, I just uh, felt like this movie was kind of um, hijacked. And really, yeah. the guy who's playing Baron Mordo, like you said, the way the first one ended, I was looking forward to seeing him maybe in the second movie or maybe even the third movie. But I kind of like the world that it built. And he has enough adventures on his own to keep him busy. So for it to be this kind of like in-between movie that really, to me, didn't really serve him that well. But was it a fun movie? Yes. Did I have to ignore a lot of stuff? Yes. It was definitely entertaining. Like I said, yeah. he went to the wedding, saw that his woman that he wanted, you know, we realized in this movie that he'll never get her. He's That's the most unrealistic part of it, of the movie, actually. Question, ask me this. <laughs> yes, it, it was, it was. Because they just, yeah. they, they had to make it a thing. Because like, out of all the possibilities that is never, like you would never yeah. get her. Like, come on now. How'd you feel? when you saw who her husband was. Yeah, the, when the dude ran, came out, I in my mind, I was like, is that, why, why are they giving words to the server? Like, but when he came out, <laughs> wait, I'm wait, wait, wait. That wasn't what I was really thinking. I just, <laughs> you, you, you funny. Yeah, I didn't feel any kind of way. I just was like, it was such a small blip that I was like, is this gonna play a, like, why you, I don't know, go ahead. All right. So I'm not going, so I'm not trying to be messy, but when I saw that, even though some people would be like, man, that's pretty conscious that, you know, they, they gave her a, a black husband, you know? Like, yeah. But then I also was thinking like, is this supposed to be like the ultimate bad thing that could happen to Doctor Strange just to make it worse? Not only did she get married to somebody else, she got married to a black guy. Not even the doctor that liked her, that showed up, that was sitting next to him. It's, oh, it's hard to tell people's intentions. It's like, even if they try to put us in stuff and put us in certain roles and things like that, it's almost hard to tell the intention. And so it could have been as simple as they needed her to have a husband. They figured this guy, this actor was cool. Let's just put him in there. But I thought that it was just like, since he's having a bad day and he ain't getting nothing in this whole universe. Well, it wasn't a reveal. Like he, yeah, I mean, it would be, wouldn't it be, it would have sucked if he had never known who she was. Well, no, it was because was. she said, yes. she said, I have to introduce yes. you to him. Yes. And he's a fan. When I first saw it, yeah, I saw when he kind of panned over yeah. to the side and I saw the back of his head. I'm like, huh? I'm like a brother. And yeah. then they showed him. I'm like, that's interesting. Well, you know, what's funny about that? <laughs> that I'll go back to the, the thing that irritated me and why I probably even missed it a little bit was just the concept of it's such an unrealistic thing to just be in that space. 
unless it's been years and years and like it's like yeah whatever but it's when it, he's still obviously in love and it's just a bad idea to show up yeah. which goes to show his character is that tortured that yeah. you would show up to your ex's funeral like and, and even she gives that dig to him about like you know I always want you there but you always had to hold the knife yeah so this movie was just to kind of beat him up and i thought it was just very interesting but like i said i thought the story was kind of you know not my favorite but the funny thing is it was in the hands of a director that i liked and yeah. so in the hands of sam Raimi, it really had a certain tone and style and the yeah. way that he kind of shot new york and dr strange is fighting the monster in new york the, the monster straight looked like one of, it's funny all that money that marvel have it still gave that monster the aesthetic of a cheap B movie like Sam Raimi would do. So it's funny how it still kind of felt like his yeah. style of movies with the quirky looking monsters and things like that. And even how he shot New York, it felt yeah. like somebody who's from New York, it felt like how he shot Spider-Man in a way. So it had a, yeah. it had a, it had his own little world that I thought was pretty interesting. And it was zombies in it, you know, mm -hmm. later. Like, yeah. and so this was almost like one of your first horror films. Yes. Which a lot of people would say, you know, there was a time when comic books were horror, like there was a horror genre mm -hmm. and it was then kind of vacated. And then you see it kind of come back with Dr. Strange, uh, then Strange Tales with, uh, so what I wanted in there was Brother Voodoo maybe or something like oh, that. Oh, that would but be cool. And all of these, like the potential people that you can put and throw in there, yeah. th that's a character that I'm like, oh yeah, definitely bring bring him in yeah. somewhere at some point. Whether it's a my, but you know, you know, they're probably like saving him for like a Luke Cage Disney Plus, you know, reboot or something weird like that yeah. um, later down the line. But they're so my overall like feel about this movie was that I was excited to watch it. Yeah. I, I got excited as though like I had history with this, mm -hmm. you know, because like I told you, I, I just started reading comics. So I got very excited to see the idea that like, oh, when Professor X comes out and whether he dies or not, like in my mind, all these other Earth's uh, professors, X's or whoever, they're all disposable. I keep coming back to one thing and one thing only with all these movies is how do we pretend like there isn't like this huge head or hand. What was it? A hand that's still coming out the the earth from um, Eternals. From Eternals, like <laughs> what? Like when did this take place? Now are we just ignoring that this happened? And so, how does this tie in? And somebody listening to this, they be like, "Well, it was five years later or two years." I don't know, but all I know is they put out a movie, yeah. And I want to know what's going to happen to our Earth. That the you know that the Eternals were on like what what is happening here and how does that all tie in because uh, the power of like the idea of Inhumans, mm -hmm. X Men, Eternals, all these different books that were not like X Men obviously largest books ever but so many smaller books getting a chance to be on the stage with uh, these non traditional Avengers that are about to kind of come about yeah um, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens yeah it, it will um like i said i i think um internals was a misstep for me i didn't care for the movie it was off-putting it yeah. was out of place it was nicely done but oh, yeah. it didn't answer anything it had more questions than it did answers but it is what it is also in this movie i will say 
this story I thought was interesting. Uh, and like I said, it feel like again with Sam Remy that he's getting a script that they want him to do. They're still letting him do his thing where he puts his things in there. Like you said, with the zombies, the way he shoots things, the way the character designs are, the tone where it's kind of quirky and stuff like that. So he, he's, it's his sandbox, but like I said, he's not, con- he didn't control the story. And so I wish I would have had a chance to see the story that he would have done uncompromised because Marvel does this a lot because the original director was supposed to come back and then they had some disagreements. And so, you know, they let him go. And so I don't know. It seemed like with DC movies and stuff, they let the director and writer do whatever they want to, right? Regardless of what people think or, or how the character has been perceived. It's like, you know, do your vision. But if that vision doesn't, you know, match the majority of the people, you're going to have a flop. If it does, you got the right tone where people enjoy your way of seeing the characters and the way you do it, then you got a hit. And so it's interesting, like I said, that the first director did good. He wanted to come back and, you know, he probably didn't want to pull this crap in it. He probably he probably wanted to have a different tone, you know? And so I'm curious of that movie, what that would have been uncompromised without having to try to put Wanda, you know, stuff her in the movie and then stuff America in the movie. And like I said, he was just there visiting to get people to come in because that was not a, really a Doctor Strange movie. Even though he was there, he was there pretty much to to set set the pieces up. But yeah, but, he was but, the only one. Yeah. But the story was, you know, a girl with a power being chased down by a witch and she got to defeat the witch at the end. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately, even though she so, had very few speaking parts, and right. it, it, the premise was about was based off of her, even though she was also a guest. I think the person yeah. who had the most dialogue was Wanda, and the best scenes, Wanda. It was yeah. Wanda's movie. Yeah, but like I said, America wasn't in there enough for it to be her title movie, but then it wasn't enough for us to care about her either. So it, it was mm-hmm. weird. It's almost she was in there too much and not enough at the same time but it fit perfectly for that situation that they were trying to make and it just like i said it just like was too much it just felt like i was like i said i i got the the recognizable buns and they stuck some different kind of uh burger in there and and like i said if they would have just said it was a wanda movie you know maybe that wouldn't have rolled maybe if it was supposed to be an america movie maybe that wouldn't have rolled either but like I said, I think it's a, I think it could have been a, a compromise where it could have included Doctor Strange in there in a better way. And not to say they didn't have no fun scenes and cool scenes and stuff like that, because there was some stuff in there that was cool too. And I'm not like I'm, I don't hate the movie, but like since we're discussing, I'm just kind of discussing, we're just kind of discussing the stuff, the issues that we had with it or things that we thought yeah. about it. Um, because it was fun popcorn movie and stuff like that. But, it was. But yeah. it wasn't the Doctor Strange movie I, I was hoping for. And it was good to see Sam Raimi back. Like I said, I like his I like his take on things and, and how fun his stuff is and how dark it is and kind of funny. And he shoots on different cylinders for sure. But just yeah. as a story, no. Yeah. The movie was, on a separate note, the movie was scored very well and it was yeah. shot very well. I think it played such a great role the way when during the fight scene with octopus those horns i was like this is good i like this and so it felt like marvel is introduced it feels i should say like marvel is introducing us to understanding that everything is going to be a little bit different on the cinematic level mm-hmm. and what we end up seeing on disney plus then it may not we may not get that on disney plus but we're going to get some of that in the movies like we're going to get directors who are shooting with some of the best 
and editing with some of the best and doing some big over the top larger than life things. So I give this movie, if it was like an ABC kind of thing, I give this movie a smooth B minus, maybe pushing a, if it's on a gray, if it's on a, you know, like if we're, if it's on a scale type thing in the a whole class fail, then this is a B minus, but it's really a hard 78. It could be a C plus, you know, like yeah. it, it's, it's all right. If I had to rank it amongst all of the Marvel movies, I don't know if it's peaking top 10. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those kind of things I would say, I think you have to be a fan of this kind of a movie and just kind of be open to you know, it's not the strongest one. It's not the weakest one. You know what I think my issue is, is that uh, it's always hitting against the potential. One, the potential, and also what I was kind of expecting. And so, but it's just kind of hard not to do that when these movies are made for you to pull in other stuff that you've seen to kind of bring with you on this trip, you know? It's yeah. not It's not like a solo run. It's not like a, like just watching this on its own. It's like, what would you do with this? It's like what is going on and that's for somebody who liked this kind of stuff even i kind of felt like you know what's happening but i'm, I'm gonna leave you with one question because you had just said something um what is the worst marvel movie for you because like and what's your best what's your best and what's your worst like all all of them and every last single one you've seen so, that we've seen so far I, I would say blade doesn't count we're talking yeah. marvel cinematic universe yeah yeah I'll say Thor The Dark World, I think it's my least favorite. That's mm. the second Thor movie. And it should have been good, but it just it was just lost. And it wasn't, you know, it was. I think it was a whole bunch of stuff, but that movie just felt lost to me. Um, but I think it's just a straight good movie that I'll probably just kind of go back. I put Black Panther high up there, but even more so than that, because I knew I would like Black Panther. And even if I didn't, I was gonna like Black Panther. But the movie that I think was a miracle, that it not only changed my idea about this character, and it made other characters that I seen before I didn't care for, I liked them because of this movie. I would say Captain America Winter Soldier is mm. one of my favorite. It is, it's, it's top tier, it is. One of my favorite. I would have to agree with you. I would have to agree with I'm close to agreeing with you on that. I, I still feel like I feel like the best one to me is Infinity War because when they snapped, oh, I lost. I almost passed out. The buildup for Infinity War is what got me in a place where I was like, oh, I like this one better than some of like it, it was the first one. I was like, oh, I really like this. I watched Endgame and I felt like, Jesus, hurry up and get to what I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but I felt like... So for that one, you, you'll you watch that whole movie? Not just scenes. Yeah. You'll watch I'll, that whole movie? I'll watch that whole movie because I just was like... in the buildup of that, that last scene, because yeah. one scene can make a movie, yeah. that last battle scene, and how it plays into Doctor Strange too, mm -hmm. because Wanda's really not a fan or a friend to Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange can't be that narcissist that he doesn't know this. Like you set it up and it was okay for her to kill her husband when you knew like the possibility, like you set it up later on so that you can go ahead and like, she never had to do it. And I feel like it was just kind of one of those things where you can't undo that. And so it's like, he knew going to see Wanda that 
he's part of the reason why Wanda is doing what she's doing. Just because he saw okay. it, do you feel like he's responsible for it? Well, it's it's going back later and then giving Thanos like so Thanos having the stone. Yeah, I felt like it played a he played a role in the in the idea of that. Like it's like this is what works best that this person dies. And he he kind of played God a little bit in both this movie. Like, and you saw the uh defenders in, in Doctor Strange 2, the opening scene, that's not our uh, Doctor Strange, that's right. the Defender Doctor Strange, yeah. as they kind of call it. Yeah. And it's like, that Strange is like, sanity, like, all right, I'm willing to sacrifice. Every Strange was willing to sacrifice except for our Strange, our 616 Strange. He's righteous. I don't necessarily think when he does it, it's kind of any ill intention, but he is a man and he do have to decide the best recourse that he think is going to be the best for the situation. Because it's not like he's necessarily getting anything out of it. Yeah, I don't think that he would not sacrifice himself if he figured that was the only way to do it because he's making a lot of hard decisions because really, if it was no hard decisions made at all, technically they lost. Yeah. Truthfully, if he didn't decide and it went the way it went, regardless, it'd have been over. He gave them a yeah. second chance. Yeah, that's really what it was. So my worst, uh, I really go back with disliking the Incredible Hulk. Uh, wait, 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 wait. There's two of them. Which one are you talking about? The 2008 Incredible Hulk. With yeah. Edward Norton? Yeah. So, I really like that movie. I kind of, but that's not my worst. I, I hmm. went back and forth with that. So, and I hate to say this. So there's four movies. So Hulk is like this distant honorable mention. Now I'm like just really not even in my bottom. I struggled a little bit with Captain Marvel and Shang-Chi. And Black Widow. Captain Marvel was so bad, I even forgot it was even a movie. That's how much I didn't like that movie. So that's funny. Okay, I concur. I, I think, almost forgot. That movie had me upset. Uh, So I would say Captain Marvel probably takes it just because those other movies play some role with something, but we're watching a Captain Marvel that we're like, okay. They jammed her in there and made her the first Avenger. Of all these years we had of them building up Nick Fury, it took him down in one movie and then built her up like she was everything in one movie. So it was almost like Nick Fury was sacrificed during that movie of Captain Marvel so she could be the big power person who comes in and save the day at the end of the whole thing. Yeah, with the responsibility that she wields to just be always gone somewhere else, it's not, I think, sometimes the best character. Even the Monica Rambeau books that were like one shots that came out, yeah. you had this feeling of like, where's this character really going? Uh, but seeing her like in the Spider-Man, when they introduced her in Spider-Man and seeing her with uh, in the Avengers, the character of Captain Marvel, I've got some issues with. Black Widow is possibly just gonna be a new franchise with her the sister. And maybe it'll be, we'll see some other things, but it at least didn't bother me. I just felt like Captain Marvel bothered me. And I fell asleep. I've, I've tried to watch Shang-Chi twice, and each time I was just like, eh. It felt like it was just like, eh, this is really a Disney Plus movie. Yeah, that's that's fair. But that Black Widow movie, I felt bad for Scarlett Johansson because she deserved yeah. better than that. She did. And then after, and then after what they did with her and Winter Soldier, the way the Russo brothers directed her, ain't no way they should have made a movie without the Russo brothers. 
But then, you know, nowadays we almost got this girl power thing where if it's a woman movie, you got to be a woman director and a woman writer. And, and you're getting people who don't normally do those kind of movies and stuff. So sometimes it might feel like it's the right thing to do to load things up um, a certain kind of way. But you also got to consider who made, wrote, and directed that character to get him popular in the first place. And just because you're trying to do the PC thing, sometimes that, that backfires if the person that you're trying to fill in these blocks with are not built for the situation. So you can have brilliant writers and directors and stuff, but if it's not their kind of movie, why are you going to stick them on Eternals if it's a superhero movie? You know what I mean? Like those yeah. are not the... And it's not like everybody as a male is going to write all these characters perfectly. No, there's some bad male writers and male directors that are bad. But like I said, for that movie to not have been done by the Russo brothers, when they really put, you know, that character in, in a great light and really, like I said, I didn't like that character until I saw her on Winter Soldier when she drove up and she looked at, at Sam and Captain America and she's like, hey, fellas, but Smithsonian is missing a fossil. And you saw how, you know, how he kind of looked at her and she kind of smiled at him. I'm like, I get it. I like her. I like yeah. her. And then Captain yeah. America's a Boy Scout, and they made him into this great character. Come on, man! So, so yeah. they did her a disjustice. Yeah, I feel like I, I like the Black Widow character a lot more now in this Disney Plus era. After watching the movie, watching the Hawkeye show, I was like, did "Okay." Did you like Hawkeye show real quick? Did you like that show? Um, I, I felt good about it. I would say I felt like it was perfect to have been released at Christmas time it was and this is what i was telling you what you know when we saw that picture online it's this concept of it's time to let go and let the next generation and people have written the these this stuff is already written these all characters already done and so it's just how do you introduce these new characters in and how do you give them something in this and i think that that's that new hawkeye uh, like the idea of hawkeye just as a mantle i thought was unique um, and then trying to address, but not addressing one of the most egregious things that I would say, uh, whether it was written or whether it's just through the MCU, the idea of the Ronin character, one, putting a white guy from America, making him a Ronin, but like, it, it's just a weird concept already. But then you've got him going and killing like tons of minorities all over the world, just freely. And there's never any recourse. Like... The idea that he never comes to justice because he's Hawkeye, but he still was angry. Even though he was killing bad people, he was still killing people, which is illegal. Like the Punisher has consequence. Everyone else has a consequence to their actions, but Hawkeye just got a chance to just like, he murked a lot of people. And it was just like, hey man, we know you were devastated. Guess what? Everybody else lost half of their family too. Half of the world was gone. And you act out by killing? Like, yeah. that, yeah. So, <laughs> I like the show, but I really wish, and this might sound morbid, but like, maybe like one of his kids could have like got an arm cut off, something. This should have been something to pay. But instead he ends up training a new generation of, uh, and, and I love the idea that this little girl is like this privileged, little girl it's just ideal for a privileged character to pass on more privilege on a, <laughs> on another show we'll talk about the issues that i have with batman oh. and hawkeye just murking minorities freely and let's move on <laughs> you know 
that'd be a great conversation because yeah brown people kind of just disposable and it's yeah. so very interesting yeah that, that'll be definitely a great conversation i look forward to having it well man this has been real i appreciate your time i appreciate <laughs> yeah good luck editing this like we've been talking for a long time oh so. man I, I... <laughs> You don't know what I've been through. You haven't seen the magic that I, matter of fact, you've heard the magic. You just know it was like a magic trick that was performed on some of the stuff that I've done because it's, and, but I love it. I, I find so many gems come from the sidebar conversations um, that was inspired by, you know, the initial questions. So I'm gonna work it out, boy. It's gonna be cool. And I'll look forward I trust to it. You. I but trust thank you. you. But thank you so much for joining in. I look forward to our next conversation. Hey, did you have any final words or anything you wanna give your information so people could contact you or? Uh, you'll tag me on all the socials and stuff. So follow me and, and kind of chart, you know, like, you know, what I'm doing as I share it, if I do share it. And, Man, it's been a privilege because like I said, I come from this unique point of view of I'm a researcher and I have all this knowledge in my head. So to talk to someone who's who has a, a background with it and knows some of this stuff, but you love film, uh, we really didn't organize this conversation in that way. So this was literally just us riffing and I love it, man. I really appreciate it. When I, and I don't use that word like casually. And I tell you, I loved every part of this. It's good, man. It's good to be able to just talk, just two black men just talking and about the uh, things we enjoy. Yeah, about the things we enjoy. So I can't wait to see your breakdown on other movies, man. Have you done one on uh, what's that movie with the Asian lady? Uh, Anything everywhere, all at once. once. Yeah. Have you done? Have you? Yes, I had a conversation with a friend of mine. It was a beautiful conversation. Have you seen the movie? No. The reason why I asked that is because twenty. Not no. Uh, that's exaggeration. Literally, I've had multiple conversations, more than I, people who don't even go see those type of movies told me that was the movie of the year. Yeah. And so I'm literally about to go in, in there and buy my ticket to go see it in the morning because I have wow. free time tomorrow morning. Okay. And I think it's literally gonna be for rent like next week or something, but I'm like still gonna go no, to the movie theater. See it in the theater, man. You talk about a good movie, talking about multiverse done in a cool way. You know, out of the multiverse worlds between Doctor Strange mm -hmm. and that movie, that movie, man. But when you do finish watching it, I think you're gonna get a lot out, out of my conversation I had about that movie. So that's gonna be right. perfect timing. See, and in case you're watching this or listening to this, um, I make podcasts for a living. So one of the things I always have my clients do is back sell some of their previous shows. And that's what I just did in a natural conversational way. Did you even <laughs> catch on to that? Did you catch on to that? I didn't know your intentions. I noticed that's what it was. That was but I my intentions. Know. I like to mess with people that I, I try to help out and just see if they do that. So make sure you check out future episodes also of this show. It's available on all the platforms. Like no matter what podcast platform you mess with, it's on there. If it's not, just email my man and he'll, we'll make sure we get it on those platforms, right? Man, you're the best. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, man. All right. So this is my conversation about Dr. Strange and, uh, Boy, we've talked so much on I forgot the name of the movie. This is our conversation with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. All right, so that was Jay and Drew. Until next time, peace. I'll let you. Thanks for listening, and please like and subscribe. Be sure to check out past and future episodes of this show along with my other shows entitled 
the Movie Bench Quarterbacking Podcast, and the J and Podcast. Available now on all streaming platforms. Until next time, peace. Thank you.